Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. You're guaranteed a stream of income for the next 10 years or however many years are remaining on that lease. And the only way Starbucks can typically get out of those leases or any national corporate back lease is if the parent company declares bankruptcy. Welcome to the best ever show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel, and this is an episode of Beyond Multifamily where we dive into topics other than multifamily investing. Today, we're going to dive into triple net leases or mailbox money leases. I'm going to do my best to try to educate you, talk about some of the pros and cons of different types of triple net leases. Now, wait a minute. Different types of triple net leases. What does that mean? Most people assume a triple net lease means that the tenant is responsible for taxes, insurance, and maintenance. That's not always the case. And as the years go by, a lot of leases have actually gone pretty far away from triple net, but they're still calling them triple net. And I'll give you an easy example. One is a triple net lease. However, there could be a clause in the lease where the tenant will only pay a certain amount of taxes or a certain amount per year of maintenance. I've seen leases where we'll pay taxes up to X number of dollars per year. So if the taxes exceed that, this tenant is no longer responsible for the overage. The same thing goes with maintenance. I've seen leases where we're happy to pay for roof repairs, HVAC repairs, any exterior repairs, parking lot repairs, but we're only going to pay up to $1,000 a year. Well, These are not triple net leases in my book. So please keep in mind the devil's in the details. You have to read all of these leases line by line to find out exactly what the details are, what the landlord responsibilities are, and what the tenant responsibilities are. The only time I fully trust a broker in an offering memorandum is when I read either triple net lease or net lease zero landlord responsibilities. Now let's talk about landlord responsibilities. 
you can have a triple net lease, one where you don't care if the property is located in Anchorage, Alaska, or Honolulu, Hawaii, because you truly have no landlord responsibilities, you should never get a call from your tenant. However, there's other triple net leases where landlords are actually responsible for paying the taxes, paying the insurance, and handling all of the maintenance, but they're allowed to charge it back to the tenant. Let's think about that for a second. A gross lease is where a tenant pays one flat rate every month, every quarter, whatever their interval is, and a triple net lease is where the tenants, again, pay for all of the taxes, insurance, maintenance as well. So if the landlord still has to provide the maintenance, has to pay the tax bill, has to get the insurance and pay that, what's the benefit? And really the benefit is when you go to sell the property and the cap rate that it can trade at. If you have an out-of-state buyer, they're much more likely to buy a triple net property because their assumption is that it's a lot easier to manage. And a quick tip for all of you commercial property owners, Keep a log of every interaction you have, either with your tenants, your property manager, or any time you go on site and what you did. The reason for this is I've got an office building that probably has 10 different tenants in it, and they're all on gross leases because a lot of them are mom and pop tenants. It's a three-story office building. Anybody looking at it is going to think, man, that's difficult to manage. I don't want to deal with 10 different tenants and renewals and vacancies and maintenance. And I've got 10 different people that can call me. However, what I've done with this and all of my properties is I keep a log every time any of my tenants, all of which, by the way, have my cell phone number, any of my tenants call me, I log it. If they email me, I log it. If the neighboring commercial tenant calls or emails and asks if they can use the parking lot for a big event, I log it. The reason for that is when I go to sell this property and it's a buyer that's several states away, I can show him or her that log and they can see, in fact, this property is very easy to manage. In fact, it might be easier to manage than other triple net properties that I have because I've got some rockstar tenants in place that are my boots on the ground. They're my eyes and ears. They clean the common areas. They handle all of the other tenant interactions as well. So keep that log very important. But again, the allure of triple net leases is that it's seemingly very simple to manage. Best ever listeners, back to the triple net leases. And I want you to keep in mind, if your idea of investing in a triple net lease is one where you just get mailbox money every single month, never have to deal with a tenant phone call interaction. You want to make sure you look for those absolute triple net or net lease properties that state zero landlord responsibilities. Now back to everything else. I've had properties where there was a massive foundation break where half this building was essentially cracking. And in the lease, this is a building that I inherited tenants. I inherited and in the lease, it clearly stated that any floor cracks or foundation issues are the responsibility of the tenant. I was able to dodge a bullet and the fix turned out to be not as significant as I thought. Nonetheless, there's other properties where I've had tenants 
in their leases state that if their sales fall below a certain threshold, they can nullify this lease. Now, when you have an anchor tenant that occupies 20, 30,000 square feet, and essentially they can leave at any time if the economy goes into a recession or if they have a supply chain disruption, things like that are very difficult to underwrite. Granted, it's still a triple net lease, but the devil's in the details. You have to read every one of these paragraphs in the lease. Now let's talk about single net or double net leases. That typically means the tenants will pay on a single net lease. They'll pay either taxes or insurance. Unlikely maintenance is the single end on a double net lease. They'll typically pay taxes, insurance, but not maintenance. And these are more predictable expenses where your tenants can budget those expenses in because they don't vary significantly year over year. Maintenance could be a big deal. Now, Speaking of which, a lot of you may be thinking, okay, awesome. If the AC unit goes out, the rooftop commercial AC unit goes out, it's $30,000 that I don't have to spend. Now, that's wrong as well because a lot of times in triple net leases, you are able to build back the tenants based on the life expectancy or on the contractual language per item. So if the parking lot needs to be resurfaced, Maybe you could build that back over one, two, or three years. If you have a roof repair, depending on if you just go by the norm or if you go by what's in the lease, it could be something that's billed back over five to 20 years, the expected life expectancy of whatever you're repairing. But please keep in mind, there's other triple net leases where if the roof goes out, the tenants immediately pays for it on their dime and they deal with the entire cost of the repair or replacement. Best ever listeners, please keep in mind, those are mostly single tenant net lease buildings. It's going to be very rare that you have a multi-tenant building and one of them is going to pay for the entire roof, even if it is the roof above their space. Best ever listeners, I want you to understand how roof repairs or age of the roof or age of mechanicals affects a triple net lease. If you have a property that has a brand new roof and a brand new commercial HVAC system, tenants will be more likely to sign a triple net lease because they know most of their expenses are going to be taxes and insurance. The building's in great shape. The parking lot's in great shape. They're not going to be overly concerned with getting hit with repair expenses. On the flip side, if you have a roof on its last leg, a lot of patches, if the commercial HVAC unit's rusting out, tenant's going to be a little bit more skeptical and they may sign a more conservative lease where the price per square foot is actually lower because they're anticipating having to pay some of these big ticket expenses at any time. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years, and he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. 
You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at passiveinvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. Passiveinvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Historically, one of the benefits of being in commercial real estate is we have very long-term leases. And today with inflation on the rise, interest rates going up, it's actually not as advantageous to chase these leases that have seven or eight years left, the gold standard used to be something like a Starbucks that has a fresh 10-year lease and they've got multiple renewals beyond that to a lot of triple net investors. That's a gold mine because you're guaranteed a stream of income for the next 10 years or however many years are remaining on that lease. And the only way Starbucks can typically get out of those leases or any national corporate-backed lease is if the parent company declares bankruptcy. So the case of JCPenney, Toys R Us, Bed Bath & Beyond, if you were a landlord and one of those tenants signed that lease, you're out of luck because they are now able to get out of their leases or even through bankruptcy if they restructure they're able to renegotiate leases with landlords and they have all the leverage. Again, best ever listeners, I want to make sure you understand this is that historically we wanted those secure leases that had many years and renewals remaining today because of inflation. You look at all of these apartment landlords, they're raising rent sometimes 12, 15, 20% year over year in certain markets where commercial leases were bound by whatever is in our signed five or 10 year lease. We're also bound by the renewals. Most tenants will negotiate multiple three, five, sometimes 10 year renewals at a preset price. I want you to understand that renewals only help the tenant and they don't help the landlord because let's say we're in a recession. There's a lot of vacancy in your center and Tenant A has multiple renewals that they're about to exercise one of. They can come back to you and say, listen, I know I had a renewal for $15 a square foot, but your center is mostly empty. I'll stay here, but I'm only going to pay $10 a square foot. And as a landlord, you don't have much leverage because you don't have anything that says, if the economy is booming, I get to charge you more. Or if we're in an incredibly high inflationary time, you don't get to charge more unless it's built into your lease where renewals or annual increases are tied 
to the consumer price index or some other index that allows you to have a variable rate of increases. So for the first time in a very long time, we are actually looking for properties that are finished with renewals and options because now we can readjust to market rates. The risk there is the tenant could leave. So if you have a dollar general that can open up a shop anywhere, they can build them very quickly. They don't require much other than a block building, a slab and some metal siding, a metal roofing as well. You might not have a whole lot of leverage with them, but if there's a Chipotle or a Taco Bell in a very specific location that's doing well and they're out of renewals, keep in mind they signed this lease sometimes 20 years ago and who would have known what the prices per square foot would have been today. We've seen McDonald's that are literally paying 6 $7 a square foot because they had 30 years worth of leases, renewals, and options. So if you can find one of those triple net leases that's coming due very soon, even if it's two or three years down the road, it could be worth exploring because just like the apartment owners, you can now readjust rents closer to market rates. Best ever listeners, I feel like I'm bouncing around a lot. I'm going to go back and reiterate some of the important points that I want you to have as takeaways today. One is that not all single net, double net, or triple net property is the same. Not all of those leases are the same. Unless you see those words, absolute triple net or absolute net lease, zero landlord responsibilities. Even if you see that, you have to dive into the details because again, there's items that could be expensed over time. They could be amortized if it's a major roof repair or a roof replacement or HVAC replacement. These are things that you may have to come out of pocket for the initial expense, but you can build back over time. Now, let's go back and think about that for a second. If I have a tenant who's in their 10th year of a 10-year lease and I decide the roof now needs to be replaced and I spend $200,000 on a roof replacement, what happens to that tenant? Do they have to continue to pay after their lease is over? And the answer is no. They would be responsible for their one remaining year of amortization. If they exercise a renewal option, they would continue to pay for that amortized expense. However, if they decide to leave, they are not on the hook for anything. But again, the next tenant knows that the roof was just replaced and I'm likely not going to be hit with that big of an expense due to the roof. I also want you to look at triple net leases a little bit different. Historically, those mailbox leases were very appealing because it's secured guaranteed income. However, keep in mind with inflation, we have rising prices, gas prices are up, commodities prices are up, groceries are up, airfares up, the price of everything is up except for those 10 year leases. So if you can look for some expiring leases, you're taking on an additional level of risk because that tenant may not renew their lease. And if they don't, you're stuck with an empty building and you're having to find a new tenant for that vacant space. So you have to be confident that you'll be able to secure a tenant or you'll be able to weather any downtime that you're enduring this vacancy for. 
The upside, though, is you can take a lease that has a very low price per square foot, and if you find a new tenant or renegotiate with the existing tenant, and you can bring that rent closer to market rates, your NOI is vastly improved. Divide that by whatever your cap rate is, and you can make a lot of money. I spoke earlier about setting up your property for a disposition or a sale and keeping that log. There's also things you can do with mom and pop tenants. You can get them closer to triple net. And how do you do that? If you live in a climate where there's snow removal, you can say, okay, tenants every year, we're going to bill you back for snow removal. Or if there's common house utilities for, let's say, exterior lighting, or if the landlord pays for heat for an entire building, you can say, okay, tenants, we're going to charge a variable cost for house meters, electric, heat, snow removal, landscaping. Everybody wants a beautifully landscaped business property to work out of. And if you can make a big improvement in the landscaping, a lot of times the tenants won't be too apprehensive about paying for that. So over time, if you can start billing back a lot of these expenses, one, it increases your NOI, increases the value of your property tremendously. Even if you have to reduce the rent, but add on some of these triple net type expenses, it perceivably makes this property easier to manage. So that out-of-state investor, when they're doing their pro forma, they can say, okay, look, all of these variable expenses are covered by the tenants. I still have to deal with these few here and there, but I feel a lot better about this purchase that could be several states away. With triple net properties, the tenants typically pay their CAM or common area maintenance charges per month. So they know if taxes are $12,000 a year, Part of their CAM charges every month is $1,000. If they know that insurance is $6,000 a year, they're going to add an additional $500 onto their monthly rent as CAM or common area maintenance charges. And you as the landlord are going to be the one that bills them. At the end of the year, the landlord's job is to reconcile CAM charges with the tenants. So if they underpaid you, you can get that money from them over, let's say, 30, 60, 90 days in the following year. If they've overpaid, you owe them a portion of that overpayment back. Best ever listeners, I hope I was able to add some value and you learned a little bit more about triple net, double net, single net leases, some of the nuances that go along with those leases and what it means to truly be a landlord for some of those leases. A great way to dive into this and look at some sample leases is get on Crexy or LoopNet. Find some of these properties that have all of their due diligence materials available to download. You might have to sign an NDA, but you can read through some of these leases and just look at the different variations from one triple net property to another, and it'll give you a better understanding of exactly what you're looking for. But don't be afraid to explore this dive into it. You can find triple net properties at all different price ranges. So I don't want you to think that commercial properties are very expensive. Yes, the Starbucks are going to be $2 million, but you can find dollar stores that are nearing the end of their lease for just a couple hundred thousand dollars. 
So best ever listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review, share this episode with somebody you think can benefit from it, and as always, follow, subscribe, like, and have a best ever day.